When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cause I'm so low I'm at the 
Sure, I'd like sort of as a sequel to that song, turning on the TV. Since yes, you were watching a lot of TV, I guess <laughs> I was. As you were writing this album. They're all kind of about the same things, most of the songs. But... So tell me what this song's about. If you can believe it, my song "Turning on the TV" is about watching television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I guess it was actually inspired by the same time in life that the other one was. Uh, the time when I was at home a lot watching a lot of screens and kind of missing actual humans. It's probably the poppiest song on the record, I would say. Uh, but it also has the string arrangement on it that I'm most proud of, along with it's been a while since I went outside, I think. Yeah, you know, the, the arrangements come out I, I come out in a way that I'm very happy with there. And I also, the, it's got some of my favorite uh, guitar work that I've done on it too. So the you know the, all the solos are me and uh, there's a cool rhythm part in the verses that I... I've always kind of enjoyed it. Feels a bit Radiohead like when I play it. I love that. I was gonna. I wanted to ask you in this interview if that's your own guitar work or do you bring in session people because it's it's both. It's a fascinating mix of electronica and guitar, so sort of old school and new school. And when you layer on strings, it's like, oh man, this is a mashup like <laughs> I have never heard. It's the kitchen sink of instruments. Um, yeah, the guitars, some of them are mine. Some of them are an, a wonderful guitar player, Adam Agati, that I worked with on this project. I mean, we could go through and I can tell you which parts are which if you want, but uh, turning on the TV is, I think, mostly me, actually. Adam's got a couple of sort of noodly fill kind of things in the verses and then is playing some rhythm elsewhere, but most of the lead lines, actually all the lead lines aside from the one I just mentioned are me. There's a handful of lines in the song that I love. Like, I hope nobody calls. I won't be waiting for their uninspiring plans. Well, what does that mean? I mean, what it's it's kind of. I hope nobody calls. I won't be waiting for. <laughs> I I don't know. Sometimes people ask you to do things, and you just don't really feel like it, and you'd rather stay at home and watch TV. Yeah, I guess so. Another one is, I think I found God or something close enough in syndication and plastic parts. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What's that about? That's my favorite lyric on the record. I'm glad you singled that one out. It's about... I don't know. I almost don't even want to say what it's about because I feel like it can mean a lot of things. What I will say is that it was inspired by this image I found of a kid sitting in front of a glowing television that had this really kind of ethereal halo-like look to it. It sort of had this, this, this feeling of being like a glowing beacon in the dark. And I guess the lyric came from that, but I think it, I think it means other things as well. Or at least it does to me. I really like that your chorus doesn't rhyme. I don't know why. 
yeah, I guess it doesn't, does it? But you end the song with, I need change, I want to be saved, I'm feeling insane all alone. I mean, so many of the songs in here are about isolation and being disconnected and alienated. And what are you trying to say? I don't know if I want to say what I, what I'm trying to say. It was a, it was a moment in time for me, I guess. And I think that I'm not alone in feeling like the way that we live. So I think as I, as I may have said earlier, connected yet disconnected by these screens that we speak to each other through phones or even this, you know, this zoom call that we're on, we're not actually connecting in person. We're sort of interacting with each other's avatars and so we are all isolated in, in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, having these plastic screens that stand in between us, it's not the same as interacting in person. And I think that the way that the world is heading is, you know, great in some ways, like thank, I mean, ironic, but thank God for social media and the internet and computer screens and these other technologies that we use to connect to each other. Thank God they exist because I couldn't imagine going through a pandemic like this without them. But I do think that they kind of, the way that we live now comes at a cost. And I think that it does have emotional ramifications for people. So yes, it is about isolation and it is partly inspired by a time in my life when I felt like that. My hope is that it also ties into larger conversations, I guess. In the video, you appear to be trapped in a television, like a cage, and you kind of never get out. It's like, that's... yes. Oh, you mean the the little animated the animated thing? I think it's just an animated cover. I haven't put a video out for that one yet, but I know the one you're talking oh. about, the pink one with. Oh, the that's kind just of... an animated cover. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. It was pretty. Yeah. It was less um, drama in that. It was more like watching an Andy Warhol movie, like Empire. <laughs> of just sort of the same picture with the set. And your music does remind me of like John Cage and, 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 and especially when you combine it with the video and, and I know you grew up on a wide range of music, but it, it has this New York, or at least this album has this New York feel of the Andy Warhol and the Velvet Underground. And, and I'm reminded of Nine Inch Nails and Morrissey and, and all those other. Well, you just ran down a, you ran down a list of some of my favorites, so thank you. Am I? Okay. Yeah. Rebecca Spector, you know, these these people who write, uh, you know, even the whole grunge movement of Kurt Cobain and, and Pearl Jam, you know, people who write these songs about being alienated. And so in the sense, you're really writing about the zeitgeist of your generation in a different way for me. Thank you. That's a really lovely compliment. I don't know if that's what you're after. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, I think setting out to make something that can speak for a generation is a dangerous game as a creative person. I think all you can do is hope that there's some kind of universality in the specificity of what you're writing. If that makes sense, you write about your own, your own experiences and your own perspective in detail and hope that hope that other people see their lives in that, I guess. Yeah. I often talk in this podcast about the invisible language, the combination of words and sounds, and you actually layer in video with your talents, uh, how a good song hits an emotion. And just because the emotion is alienating or isolating, it can still be a great song. And I think you, you do that on your work. 